This is Paige, the co-host of Giggly Squad, and I want to tell you about a company that I've been loving, Olive and June. Olive and June gives you everything that you need for a salon-quality manicure in one box. And if you break it down, it really comes out to $2 a manicure, which is absolutely insane. It's also so easy to get salon-worthy nails at home with Olive and June. The difference between how your nails used to look when you did them yourself and now with the Manny system is a complete game changer. The best thing about Olive and June, too, is it's a quick dry. Dries in about one minute, lasts for five days, and full coverage in up to one to two coats. Visit oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. That's oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Hello and welcome to the second season of your favorite podcast, Overlooked and Undercooked, a critical review of Rob Schneider's Netflix show, Real Rob, written by Rob Schneider, produced by Rob Schneider, starring Rob Schneider. Directed also by the great Rob Schneider. Is it really? Yeah. Fuck. This is this is uh, one of the first questions you have to ask is because it's also, it's written by the three stars, Rob and his wife and Jamie. And, you know, like it's, it's entirely insulated from external critical eyes so on one hand this you know this can be how auteurs work or auteurs work welcome to the show everyone that's the um beautiful baritone of guy halifax alexander montgomery is have i got it around the wrong way yeah it's alexander halifax and then his surname montgomery yeah i am tim bat and we are in the bowels of the Melbourne International Comedy Festival. And that can mean only one thing. We have to watch and review every episode of Rob Schneider's Netflix project. Uh, an episode of <laughs> If only you could see the face that Monty just gave me. Um, so, every subsequent episode to this will be featuring, uh, hopefully, a new guest comedian, but... As is tradition, the boys kick off alone. And and what better way to, to start the day than with uh, Season 2, Episode 1 of Real Rob, released in the year 2017, uh, an episode called Acupuncture and Spring Rolls. Uh, How the, do we unpack this, Monty? Because well, I've just been very angry for the last 32 minutes. I think the best way to do it is to maybe describe what they have attempted to... Um, the story that they've attempted to tell. Yeah. So do you, do you want to just tell me what you what you would describe as the plot of this episode? Here's what went down um, in this important episode of internet television. Firstly, we established that Rob and Patricia are moving um, because they're... I don't know why. <laughs> no, I don't yeah. know. 
I've no idea. It's not mentioned, and it doesn't matter. But Jamie, the assistant, um, the long-suffering assistant to Rob Schneider, is helping Rob move a large... Um, what would you call Bu- it? Dresser? Not a bureau, it's not a bureau. large dresser. Yeah. Like, like a legit wardrobe, really. Yeah. It looks like a stand-up wardrobe. Trying to get it up some stairs. and Can uh, I say, within one second of you seeing Jamie on screen again, yes. the first thing Tim said, wouldn't it be great if Jamie got killed this season? Yeah, I said, I wonder if they'll kill him this time. That'd be and really cool. I sort of imagine a South Park-like world where they just... Because this is sort of what they did in the first season, where they just... Co- Constantly, just you know, throw physical and mental problems at this character, yeah, to the point that you know, almost breaking point. But because it's so cartoonish, their portrayal of humanity is so negative and cartoonish. He always bounces back. I think it's quite existential. It's it's like Nietzsche. Jamie is the fallen state of humans. It is sort of inescapable for us all. We are just suffering at the hands of the indifferent universe that constantly throws stuff at us. Rob Schneider is, um, in this analogy, I guess, a very indifferent god. Anyway, um, predictably, he gets fucking owned by that dresser. You better believe. And an incredible piece of physical comedy. Great practical effects. Rob, in the middle of moving this huge dresser up a flight of stairs, takes a phone call from his wife, who he discovers is working on a commercial set. She's uh, the face of a furniture company, and he didn't know that this was happening. They've got pretty poor communication in there. (laughs) Yeah, I think the reason they have poor communication is so that they can create the illusion of plot and dialogue. Um, like if he already had that information, I literally don't know what that. Like I don't know what they'd talk about. I don't know <laughs> what there is for these two to talk about. Not just in the show, but in their real life, they yeah. appear to have no chemistry whatsoever. No chemistry, nothing in common. And what's insane about that is this is Rob Schneider's real life. Wife. Absolutely. And so he takes a phone call. He forgets he's moving his huge dresser with Jamie, in spite of his consistent loud protestations. And then. Uh, Eventually, fucking own. Yeah, eventually he leans on the dresser while he's on the phone. And Blam! It's actually not a bad piece of physical comedy. And it is satisfying to see any character in this movie just get totally leveled. Yeah. And this guy gets fucked up. He and does. He, he does. Which uh, triggers the sequence of events where Rob is right back into his ranting, which is a, a kind of real-life slice of his personality about the woes of um, Western medicine and how it doesn't actually solve any problems. It just uh, takes the pain away using painkillers. So he decides to, um, Rob chucks Jamie in the car and takes him to a, um acu- acupuncturist that yes. he knows. And this is the first of so many examples in this episode of interstitials, which is Electro Swing, which was cool for mm, seven days in 2014. I think Electro Swing is evergreen in the world of Rob Schneider. And I, can, I, I think, you know, when you, see, do you ever, when you see people walking with headphones on, do you ever wonder what they're listening to? Yeah, yeah, definitely. Yeah. Do you have, how many people do you think are listening to Electro Swing out there? The, the, Schneid- the Schneiders. The Schneiderheads. Uh, the Schneeblies. In Melbourne, I don't think anyone is. Yeah, I think they're too cool. Although, I I was in a um, cafe that was basically a parody of itself the other day, which was playing Electro Swing. And I was like, is this ironic or are we are we doing this? Is this for real? And they were playing like Electro Swing covers of, you know, good songs. And then they just started playing Richard Cheese. <laughs> Oh, that's pretty good. So I was like, maybe this is just a comedy cafe. I don't know. Um, 
So, uh, uh, he, so Rob Schneider drives as yeah. represented by two minutes of sort of what do you how do you describe that camera technique? It's called I think it's called hyperlapse. Where yeah, he's he's driving past a lot of low rise kind of you know strip malls, and uh, they arrive at his old doctor, Doctor Shen, and uh, this is probably one of I haven't re-listened to season one, but I remember there was some pretty abhorrent treatment of characters who weren't Rob Schneider. Yes. Uh, but <laughs> they go into this doctor's sort of warehouse, and it's not as he remembers it. It's been the, His doctor died 10 years ago of bone cancer, and uh, his daughter, the doctor's daughter has been... Which left- we can all agree is a beautiful premise for a joke. Like That's, a, that's just fertile ground for comedy. Died of bone cancer ten years ago. Oh, I th- oh, I thought he <laughs> and got. And it's your dad. Yeah, oh, I thought he got better. But uh, as though to elevate the opportunity for laughs, instead of entrusting the dialogue that he has written to the character who's been who's who's been hired, presumably a Chinese actor because it's a Chinese medicine, you know, play, hall. I guess. Yeah. And uh, that character struck me as kind of gender ambiguous, which I thought was sort of cool of Rob. And then I got very worried. Uh, he's re- he's redubbed in ADR all of their dialogue, doing his best. Mm. Like I don't know if his best is American Chinese accent, and it is. <laughs> yeah, it's like you you. It's cra- It's crazy. It's. It sticks out like a sore thumb. It's insane. Because, yeah, so first it didn't match up very well. And, and Guy just said, have they overdubbed the dialogue here? I was like, oh, yeah, it doesn't match up. And I was like, oh, my God, that's Rob Schneider's voice. Why is Rob Schneider go- doing a China voice over the top of an actor who he hired? This is fucking insane. It's just when, you, when you've got a vision, you've got to make sure you control as many of the elements to realize that vision is possible. It's like he's doing Rodney Dangerfield from the 70s in 2017. If the vision it's is crazy. to <laughs> trample on anyone who isn't Rob... And this is something you pointed out as well. Like Rob, Rob Schneider, you, you have to imagine in this show, knows he's not representing himself very well. Yeah, Absolutely. He's. I think he he knows enough about comedy and storytelling from doing all those Sandler films. Credit where it's due. He did a couple like of his own successful films, which we enjoy because we were We've spoken about. It. Yeah, as as an adolescent, They're I thought that good. Rob Schneider was one of the what, potentially one of the greats. <laughs> uh, Never met your heroes on Netflix. Yeah, um, but uh, yeah. So he he. I think he knows enough to be like okay, people want to see flawed characters so he gets himself who is already in real life a horrible human being and dials it up conflicted human being but then he marries it with all these real world opinions that he actually holds as a human being like that he's not that fond of western medicine he's he's a he's an anti-vaxxer i remember we did that episode with snedden about that yeah yeah Um, great youtube video so all of that to say you go well this guy is wholesale an idiot and it's it's confusing to know like what line he's playing with the with the real world stuff like because you just throw out everything he says a because it's ridiculous on its face but b because you're like well you've already built this deplorable character so why are you giving any of your real world opinions to it well because it is still a representation of himself uh chris katan makes a cameo he's a a former like and also a washed up Former SNL star. He was in a movie called Corky Romano, I oh, believe. Oh, shit. Was he Corky? Yeah. That movie, I never saw it, but had a fucking shit hot marketing campaign. 
Do you remember there were bus backs, there were huge billboards going, who is Corky Romano? Everywhere. And in New Zealand, we didn't have SNL, so no one knew who the fuck this guy was. It was just some random movie. But those ads were everywhere. <laughs> he was the, so Rob gets a job in this episode uh, voicing over a starfish in Starfish Wars. And uh, they, uh, I don't know, they have like a sit- All the comedic <laughs> premises, there are about three different premises they set up in this movie. None of them get off the ground because none of them have been given more than a second's thought. So... I suppose they have some sort of improvised argument, Rob Schneider and Chris Kattan, over the premise of the voice that he's doing. Because Starfish Wars is not an animated movie, as Rob believed. It's just footage of a fish tank. Which he, is in the VO booth, booth yeah. with him. And he's got the a voice camera of, pointed at a starfish in a tank. He's the voice of the starfish. and uh, Which is kind of cool. I'd actually, I'd watch that. Well, that's Fish Tank. Fish Tank Live, isn't it? Yeah. Is that what it's called? Fuck, something like that. The Adult Swim Show. Yeah. When it's done well, you know, great. great oh, absolutely. Stuff. But Rob Schneider's just playing against Rob Schneider in this in this instance. So they get in an argument, and it's, you know, guys, it's the little things that really fucking get you. So, what's his name? Chris Kattan? Yeah, name? Chris Kattan, yeah. He walks in. So he, he in the series, is play, he's playing like the um, the recording um yeah, but also some sort of creative engineer. visionary you've got to imagine for the level of intensity he brings to their argument. Yeah, it seems like it's his film maybe and he's just doing all of it or yeah. something. And so he comes into the booth to make a microphone adjustment which is moving the pop shield which is like a meter away from the microphone. <laughs> and the adjustment that he's making is he, he's like blowing on it to get rid of dust or something. Yeah, And it's just like, you guys, like everyone involved in this knows how this equipment works. Why Why be incorrect in this way? Because it's it's both very it's incorrect, so, the whole but thing also is, not for comedy. It's, like, it's not funny. The entire operation is so janky. They also represent, you see his wife, uh, is it Patricia? Yeah. She's on, you see her on set, she's shooting this commercial job. And this is the one comedic premise with Promise where you see the setup for the take, you see the actual take, you see the people around Video Village watching the take. And then Rob sort of stumbles into the background. Video Village, story. by the way, because you just skimmed right over that, is where you have like a bank of a few monitors so that you've got the a director, usually like the main producer. Everyone can see what's happening. Clients, first aid, and uh, see. He stumbles into the background of frame and you're like, all right, what crazy thing is he going to do here? <laughs> like, I was genuinely like, oh my God, they've done it. They've found <laughs> the framework for a gag. And then he just stands stationary in the background of frame until someone notices and goes, what's that guy doing walking through frame? And I was like, you fuck. Like, they did everything. They did everything. And they didn't even, this is the thing, they didn't even know that they'd stumbled into an actual gag. Um, the episode charges on. Rob does some homemade acupuncture on Jamie. Oh, well, now, hold on, hold on. I think we should a little bit dig into that whole back and forth at this. So Rob Schneider is there. Um, the, the, the whole purpose of this scene is so that Rob can get in the way. And mm. it's so frustrating. It's so fucking annoying. He just, he does little throwing lines. He talks to them about the cameras they're using. Takes pop shots at Red for some reason, which is yeah, weird. Yeah. Just camera manufacturer. And he's, yeah, just, just, and he's, it's like he understands that comedy comes from conflict, but you can't just have an argument. Like there's got to be a comedy sort of reason for it. Oh, yeah, he's just, anno- but he's just being fucking annoying. Well, this is, I think this has been the downfall of his career is that I, I genuinely think he doesn't understand the framework or function of comedy. I don't and think so he does like, either. He thinks that if he's just annoying, 
and they, he finds it amusing to himself that other people find that amusing. But yeah. he's just a, he's just a nightmare. <laughs> it's a fucking nightmare. So yeah, he doesn't. It, but all the characters are nightmares. They're all unlikable. And um, but they're all born of his. I th- I I've got so much more time for literally every everyone else in this is they've got by hook or by crook some redeeming features. Like Jamie, I genuinely just can't help but feel empathy for because he is so put upon. Nah, I think you know you got he's an adult. He's got to look out for himself. Jamie's got to know better than to continue coming back for more poetry. I'm not saying I love him. I'm not saying he's my favorite character in, you know, fiction. But I'm saying in this show, Rob Schneider is on a unique plinth of fuckwit. And no one even comes close to the disdain I hold for him. Well, yeah, look, that that <laughs> that's his maybe. But he's so unlikable that anyone who chooses to be in his immediate orbit, you know, consistently, I have no sympathy for his wife. His daughter maybe some they get his daughter they get their daughter to do some child acting and it is the worst. <laughs> they have not taught her how to speak. So when she goes to deliver her dialogue, she doesn't round out any of the sounds. She just opens her mouth and like, you know, noises pour forth. Which is all good, you're a kid, but like if you're in a show, you have to be able to enunciate. Like the word she doesn't know how to nod, she doesn't know how to talk. I don't mean to criticize a five year old, but <laughs> I it's feel a, like everything's fair game here. Yeah, and okay, this next bit's going to be a bit mean, but like she looks too old to be speaking like that as Absolutely. well. Absolutely. And I think they've used their real daughter, I think, and like maybe just, you know, I have think enough too, self-awareness to Who, who else that. would hire out their daughter? For this? So look, Tim, amongst all of this, because it's, it's been a pretty uh, mean-spirited conversation so far, and not without, you know, not without being able to justify it. Yeah. But uh, I have found a news article. Okay. From January 20, 2019. You could not be, like, more low energy right now. You're, you're literally horizontal. Yeah. Your laptop you on do? your belly. Real Rob will be returning in 2019. Fuck off. For season three on Netflix around the world. We've been keeping track of the upcoming series, and this is what we know about the next season of the Rob Schneider comedy. Shut your whore mouth. So far. Are you making this... Is this real? If you've not seen the comedy, allow us to bring you up to speed. The series is based partially on the real life of Rob Schneider. It's akin to series like Louis C.K.'s show called Louis. And Aziz Ansari's yeah, yeah. It's Master a, of None. It's exactly the same as those two shows. It differs from the aforementioned shows by being a bit more quirky and shot in a sitcom fashion. Season 1 dropped in 2015 with the second follow-up season in September 2017. Before we begin, most of the news of the upcoming season comes from Twitter, and specifically from the show's main star. Unfortunately, while we were putting this article together, Rob decided to wipe all of his tweets. The reason for the deletion was because of his ongoing problems with how comedians are treated, specifically all the controversy surrounding Kevin Hart. (laughs) Wait... What? So this news article has already taken an incredible turn. (laughs) This is so weird. Uh, Has real Rob been renewed for season three? Yes. How does Rob Schneider's brain fucking work? Real Rob is returning and soon too. We don't know exactly when season three of Real Rob was picked up because the show's production is handled by Rob Schneider's own production company (laughs) rather than Netflix fully. However, on Twitter, the earliest official mention was back in December 2017. Further evidence of the renewal is from an interview conducted in December 2018. Although they didn't divulge any new tales, we did hear about the process that goes into the writing of the show. Specifically, my wife and Jamie are the writing partners. They ask me for stories, and I tell them stories. And the next thing I know, 
whatever the rest of that comment is, is redacted. Uh, yeah, so that, that really blows my mind. I think if this show was slightly more skillfully made, more people would watch it. And if that happened, you would um, be aware of the level of racism that Rob Schneider is bringing to Netflix and there would be a fucking boycott. It is due to his own ineptitude that he has managed to sail through to get this renewed twice. Well, yeah, because no one's no one's watching it. I don't understand what's going on. And actually, we got a little clue as to what... Well, not really a little clue, but we may now know what Netflix is getting out of this. Obviously, the first season sucked massively. It was a terrible show. But Netflix have gone, look, I don't think this is costing us very much money. Guy and I, oh, look at that, bit of sound, um, posited that there was actually, the money was going in the opposite direction, whereby Rob Schneider would hand both the show and a bag full of money to put it up online to Netflix, which is not the normal chain of events. That, but that still makes sense to me. And that, well, we almost saw it. So for almost a full minute of this episode, Rob Schneider is watching Narcos, the um, Netflix original show. And he gets a, he gets addicted to watching it. That's a whole scene. And there's nothing really that comes of it. There's no real reason to put it in there. But it's just him spending a whole day watching that. And then articulating and then, how addictive it is yeah. to his wife who arrives home and goes, you haven't been watching TV here. How long have you been watching TV? And he articulates he's watched a whole season of Narcos because it's just so Moorish. I hope every episode will feature him watching a full season of a different Netflix <laughs> original series. And Netflix have, well, I guess he has. They've, they've put a lot of Narcos right there on the screen. It's there, a, lot, a violent show. Yeah, it is. Oh, it's, did you not watch it? To Rob's credit, it's fucking good. I really enjoyed <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. it. That first season's dynamite. <laughs> shout out to Rob. <laughs> shout, shout out to Netflix. Um but they've superimposed Netflix on top of the... They've comped it, is, is what that's called. It's very obvious and very poorly done. And it's just like, fuck, man. Fuck you. So I've found... Fuck this whole operation. Netflix really... I, I mean this from the bottom of my heart. Like, this is a super offensive show, and it shouldn't be in the world. And it absolutely shouldn't be with on Netflix. Like, Netflix needs to take some responsibility. They, they actually need to nix the third season. It w- it's great for us, like, maybe there's there's the possibility of us doing this again, but for it's the not, good of the world, fuck, no, it's absolutely not. It's really great for us. So I found the rest of the interview in which that, that comment was redacted. Uh-huh. So I know Real Rob's based at this interview, based somewhat off your real-life experience. Can you tell me about the writing process and decision process of what to include from your real life? Just the most embarrassing stuff we try to put in the show. The stuff that makes me look like a complete and utter jerk. That's what usually stays in. My wife and Jamie are the writing partners. They ask me for stories, and I tell them stories. And the next thing I know, there are new episodes. <laughs> <laughs> I've had kind of a crazy life in and out of show business. The be- And this is a telling sentence. The best comedies are always the ones where the people look like assholes. So he, he, there's an element of control. There's an end goal that he's working towards. Everything's measured though, right? You've got for something to be watchable. It's like, yeah, we want to see an arsehole, but he's got to have some redeeming features, and the, he doesn't have any. Rob's character in this doesn't have any. He it is so that. funny to me that he says new episodes just appear. I who, so who's writing them? Do you think? Because what I see is, um, do you know, it's got to be Jamie. I it's think it is, be, and he's written the character as he feels he's sort of somewhat represented, like as a caricature yes. of what his relationship to Rob is in the real world. Makes perfect sense. So th- they're probably um, not even 
distant metaphors. Like he probably has been physically injured at work. Um, oh, there's like a, one of the storylines in this episode is about the fact that Rob is um, he's stopped paying for Jamie's insurance, even though he's in, his employer, t- just to save some money. And that feels pretty real. <laughs> yeah, that feels like. This is Paige, the co-host of Giggly Squad, and I want to tell you about a company that I've been loving, Olive and June. Olive and June gives you everything that you need for a salon quality manicure in one box. And if you break it down, it really comes out to two dollars a manicure, which is absolutely insane. It's also so easy to get salon-worthy nails at home with Olive and June. The difference between how your nails used to look when you did them yourself and now with the Manny system is a complete game changer. The best thing about Olive and June, too, is it's a quick dry. Dries in about one minute, lasts for five days, and full coverage in up to one to two coats. Visit oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. That's oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. That's something Jamie put in. So I'm thinking what happens is Rob Schneider, they've booked out like a little workshop room, a little studio, Burbank. They drive out there. Rob turns up for 45 minutes of a nine-hour working day. Um, with a coffee, will um, roll in the door, do that thing where he knows he's very, very late. So he'll start um, ranting about how every part of this isn't his fault and some guy cut him off and there was this thing at the dry cleaners and that will be 15 minutes. Then Jamie will say, um, oh, man, I'm so glad you're here. What an awful day you've had. That's so terrible. Um, hey, so Rob, can you tell me about that time when that thing happened you mentioned once? And then he'll just say the story and then he'll leave. And that's his day. And then Jamie has to turn all of this into working scripts under, I imagine, a really tight turnaround. And I don't think he's gotten any help from anyone um, because Rob doesn't want to pay for that. His, his wife, maybe, just to try and sell... Jamie probably writes even more ruthless scripts than what we see, and then his wife tempers them because she doesn't want to put Rob's worst face out into the public eye. Yeah. I'd like to ask you, question I, we asked a guest last year, and what I'm curious in, how do you feel about this? Do you think we're... Pu- are we punching down? Well, we did make fun of a five-year-old. Oh, yeah, absolutely. We were punching down then. Yeah. She, 
she is related to Rob Schneider. Yeah. So, oh, so what are you saying? That justifies it? No, but it does mean I don't feel as bad about it as I otherwise would. Yeah. I think. Are we punching how down? Intelligent, how be. intelligent is Rob Schneider? Not. He's not intelligent. Yeah. Okay. If we're all right. If if we're if that's the scale, if that's the measuring stick we're using, then yes, I think we are both smarter than Rob Schneider, and I think we're punching down. And I am not afraid to say that. I, you and I are both a lot smarter than Rob Schneider. I think that's why he's an anti-vaxxer. He doesn't have a critical brain. He He's not curious about the world. He just sort of reads random shit online and absorbs all of it. And he's a very talented, or he, like at least was at one time in his life, a really talented performer. But he shouldn't be writing anything. No. Or... He shouldn't be responsible for creating the stories that are written into episodes. He shouldn't be helming his own show. And what do you mean, the director-producer side of things? No, I think I think it's probably, he's just a little thin, perhaps. Yeah. Hey. But do you know what is impressive, though? Yeah. They do get made. They do get made! That is fucking true. Because there are so many, there's like, I don't know, I don't know how, quite what this articulates but there are so many moments when I watch this where I'm like how can you like how does everyone keep going for sure but they just do yeah they do the episodes just keep happening we'll fix it in post yeah I would I would pay significant amounts of money to interview an editor who worked on this because I guess they're part of Rob's company though so maybe they're they're, they've sort of drunk the Kool-Aid as well and they're in there like how much how much money is he worth I don't think he could be worth very much right so his production company isn't probably like, you know, it's not like, um, what's Adam Sandler's production company called? A Happy Madison. Happy Madison, where it's constantly up and it's it's just pumping out new stuff all the time. Rob Schneider's one probably comes up for this show and they sort of bolt on. According to CelebrityNetWorth.com, yeah. Rob Schneider's net worth is $15 million. Yeah, it's... It doesn't seem like a lot in the scheme of things. I mean, no, but that's I, enough I'd to like. To that, that's enough to have now. the infrastructure to you know you can you can have a lot of people in your employ and in, inside of a production company. So it could all be in house. The yeah, reason yeah, this yeah, show yeah, exists yeah, exactly. as this unique and disgusting beast is it is entirely insulated from outside critical eyes. Um, hey, one thing I will say for this season, it looks like they've sorted out the color correction issues. Like, no one's eyes were glowing blue. And they have devastatingly, I think, probably for the better of the show, but, the you know, the to the detriment of the podcast, they have taken out all of the interstitials. So they've taken out the talking heads interviews. They're oh, yeah, I forgot sta- about that. They've taken out the stand-up on the sound guy, stage. Guy, you don't know. That could come back. Because yeah, in the first season, they were playing so fast and loose with, with keeping that. It was like one episode, there wouldn't be any of that. And then the next episode, it would open with him I'm, on stage. I'm hoping that they do bring him back because yeah. uh, it's like respite from the incompetence of storytelling. It's so like, true. The, he's showcasing all the ways in which he doesn't understand how narrative works. It's like if you got a box of chocolates that were all... Um, cyanide but they were different flavours of cyanide so like even though you're eating deadly poison at least there's variety within that that's what the well, first they've all got the same flavour but they've just got different shapes well no because you yeah yeah okay maybe that's it yeah they all taste like almonds that will kill you but some are triangles some are diamonds yeah. some are circles and we're simple people so that's enough of a trick to it's be enough. like oh, oh look well, at this variety box of chocolates uh, I, I just I just can't stress enough to you 
you, our dear listener, how many cutaways to that weird like driving thing with the electro swing there is? Yeah. It happens about seven times inside the episode, and they last for quite a while. It's to it's to establish uh, location. It's m- not movement. It doesn't it doesn't establish any location. I think um, I think you'll agree with me on this. He has promised a certain duration of either the season as a total, like a minute count or a second count to Netflix or, or on an episode basis, and they're just they're having to fucking throw it all at the wall to get it across the <laughs> to line. To me, it feels like those scenes are put in while his brain boots. Like it, To me, <laughs> it feels like we are trapped in his living nightmare, yeah. <laughs> and those scenes are his brain booting up the next big <laughs> grand idea Christ. he has. So it's like that's literally those are those are buffering scenes where we're in his head and he's like, oh, uh, uh, Chinese uh, doctor's warehouse, and then suddenly you're there. By the way, that when they go into that um, acupuncturist, everyone's eating dim sum at the same time, and so the it's, joke here is that he brings Jamie in and they and and so remember this is Rob Schneider doing a, a Chinese accent narrating around all of the um, things that he's saying of all the different styles of acupuncture and treatment. And the joke is, after he says each different one, he says, with dim sum. And there's dim sum lying around everywhere. Yeah. Uh, Maybe the reason he had to dub that audio over was not because he didn't believe in the performance, but maybe the performer was like, I'm sorry, Mr. Schneider, I absolutely cannot deliver these lines. Yeah. And so they cut around it. Fuck, man. Yeah. Yeah, I reckon you could be right. I was so angry watching this. You were. Fucking furious. You said, you, yeah, you swore a lot. Yeah, sorry. And, uh, no, it's okay. It's just like, you know, it's episode one, man. <laughs> yeah. Hey, we're, we're, um, we're doing this all in one day, guys. This is going to be such a journey. I'm, uh, I'm excited. I genuinely am excited to see how this goes. I'm excited to hang out with all of our, our cool different comedy friends who are going to join us on this journey. Um, I'm really excited about hopefully restoring a bit of normal blood sugar because I haven't eaten yet and I'm, I'm a little peckish, which was not a good way to come in. Yeah, I'll, I'll say this. I'll leave you with this. Western medicine doesn't know how to heal anything. They just treat symptoms and drug you up. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.